guys, welcome to Overcrest. I'm Chris. And I'm Jake. And we have a great news episode for you guys as well. Thanks to those that have joined the live stream. We really appreciate that. We have fun with that. And if you are in the live stream or you uh, haven't followed the live stream, we'll be taking some questions and hanging out a little bit after the episode. So today... And you um, can find that on Facebook. It's on Facebook, yes. So we've today we're going to talk about um, some why drive throughs are evil. <laughs> the Holy Grail may come to America. A car goes were... Uh huh, and much more. So we got a we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Very good. So before we do that, what do we got? Before we do that, we need to mention Patreon. Head over to overcrest. I'm sorry, Patreon.com/slash overcrest. I almost said it backwards. Uh, there you can sign up to become a Patreon of ours. Support the show. It starts as low as five dollars a month. We also have different tiers that gets you more stuff. Um, really, it's about supporting the things that matter to you yeah, and the producers exactly. that really are important to you right. really i mean if you want to support the show it's five bucks whatever this is this feels a little bit like a pb remember on pbs back in the day yes where they this is a fun <laughs> drive right a, a fun, member drive a fun drive it's a fundraiser no it's i was combining fundraiser with member drive okay it's a fund drive oh, okay all right so uh minneapolis yeah this this one's kind of close to this us is, this is great but it, it's uh it's not great interesting actually not everybody. great it's great that it's gonna be interesting for everybody so Minneapolis has banned the drive-thru. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so all new construction of all drive-thrus is now illegal. In Minneapolis. In Minneapolis. Okay. Any new, so, any new construction, or I'm guessing if you have like an old Arby's or something with a uh-huh. drive-thru and they tear it down to redo the Arby's, no drive through. Right. That right? makes sense. But if you have an existing drive through business, you're, you're grandfathered in. You're okay. So the Minneapolis now. City Council on Thursday passed an ordinance that no longer allows the building of drive throughs for banks, restaurants, and other businesses. Council President Lisa Bender, who, by the way, I tried to call today. Okay. Regarding to, this? Regarding this. I tried to call her. I called three times. Got a person once. They said they'd call me back. I said, we're our, you know, our news break time is basically 7 o'clock. They got to get back to me that by then. Didn't hear from anybody. Left two more messages. Didn't hear from Lisa Bender. So thanks, Lisa. Says the city had already been limiting them. Basically, I'm guessing through permitting. Right. Like, no, we're not going to allow you to have a permit to do that specific thing. Okay. Um, we've already restricted drive through drive throughs over the years in a number of ways, though pedestrian-oriented oriented overlay districts and other tools. There's a map included in the materials allowed today, and it's actually quite limited today. But this just says that we will not have any new drive throughs in the future. So it's we've been doing it without telling you, but now we're really going to do it, says, uh, says Ms. Right, Ms. now they're Bender. just saying Pro- zero. Proponents of the ban hope it will cut down on vehicle noise, pollution, idling, and make sidewalks safer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Opponents of the ordinance say that it will make access to businesses and restaurants more difficult for people with physical challenges. That's the only thing that people have against this <laughs> is that people aren't going to be able to drive up through a, in a wheelchair and get a frosty parking. We're I'm, so nobody's going to stop going to right. these places. Well, let me keep going. Okay. So we're not closing in, uh, opponents of the ordinance. Blah blah blah. We're not closing any current drive-throughs, but rather regulating where new ones can occur. Okay. So I just want to make sure that we are recognizing all parts of our community and not really trying to make sure that everyone has access in the city of Minneapolis. She's not very eloquent, uh, in, in my opinion, as I'm reading her words. So in my opinion, this is low-key anti-fast food, anti-car, pseudo-pro-environment, pro-urbanization, being pushed under the guise of less vehicle noise, safety, pollution, et cetera. Honestly, it, yeah, when you look at what is. the Met Council of Minneapolis wants and the city council, they don't want cars going anywhere, period. If they could go... And make cars go away, and everybody just had to take Ubers and ride around bicycles. And they don't want trams. Ubers anyways. They well, want public transit. Well, tr- public transit. I mean, I think they're probably coming around to the fact that ride sharing is is here to stay. True. Um, so all but the th- new- this isn't, and this isn't the first step that they've done this. They've also been limiting street uh, parking is being limited. Be- um, all for bike lanes. They're not permitting any more parking lots, parking, parking lots, garages, say. any of that kind of stuff. Yep. So this is just step nine hundred on the nine thousand, maybe on the way to making cars uncomfortable or inconvenient to use in urban environments yeah so people are still going to drive there or on their phones and basically what they're going to do and this is what i would do is i'd go there pull up or on my phone and just tell somebody to bring it out to me just yeah. like a car hop would back in the day when you had have, would have <gasps> a drive-thru we're gonna have people on rollerblades again you know what's going to be popular sonic Either that or they're going to have robots on wheels just wheel your food right out to you you're right sonic would get around it because it's still technically so here's the a thing. drive-in business but you don't lots ooh, of people I wonder use- if they would still allow that 
No. Well, you're driving up, not driving in. <laughs> Semantics. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, outlaw this. Um, so it's gonna, one thought that I had is I thought yeah. about my wife when she goes to the bank to make a deposit or withdrawal, and she's sure. got the kids with her. Oh, she yeah. She wants to drive up to the drive-thru and go through the drive-thru, put the money in the thing, and be done with it. Right. No, you're going to have to take the kids out of the car. Wake them drag, up. Drag them into the bank. Yeah. And stand in line and wait for a teller with two kids. It's an absolute nightmare. So I don't understand how that's safer or anything for anyone. These yeah. Guys, it's, I actually had a conversation. This is just more at war on cars is what this is. Yes, it is. And I had a conversation with a guy that uh, was going through this. He has a business in, it was either Minneapolis or St. Paul, where they were basically removing street parking for a bike lane. And his right. business, ironically, was a daycare facility. So they're getting rid of literally all of the street parking in front of his daycare facility for bike lanes. So this how doesn't make gonna, any sense. How are people going to drop their kids off the daycare? Right. They're not going to bike them there. So it, it literally makes no sense. So he was also very frustrated. A lot of this by stuff this. doesn't and make that's sense. That's a real life. When you look at the scenario. way that the economy in a city works, it's very complicated. Right. It's very hard to grasp where people are going, when, why, how for one person to be like, yeah, well, we just need to put a bike lane here. They didn't take into the fact that, hey, there's a daycare here or maybe someone needs to park here and leave their car. They'll come back. Maybe there's a mom and dad switching cars. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts that exist in an urban environment. I can't imagine any of the commerce likes this idea. I probably not unless it's PBS. They probably like it. Okay. All right, so Anyways, uh, next story. News. So the holy grail of Audis is what? The RS6 Avant. And have we ever gotten that? Uh, not in the States, no. Not in the States. We've never gotten it here. But no. um, Audi announced via social media that it will be debut a new Audi sport model believed to be the Audi RS6 Avant performance wagon at a private event to, prior to the 2019 Frankfurt International Motor Show in September. Audi Deutschland posted a shadowy photo of an enshrouded station wagon beneath an Audi sport banner to Facebook last Friday. It's like this picture where it's just like a blanket. I saw like the, the photo. Yeah, you can't really see what it is. Um, so once you Photoshop the image, it's clear that it's like some sort of All light. you can see are the little headlight, the LED uh, taillights yeah, peeking out Yeah, but you can kind of see the shape is not, it's a little beefier, right? Okay. You can just see that it, it just, knowing. It's something with a hatch, yeah, so for this, sure. The engine in this thing is supposedly be supposed to be kind of like the Urus motor. Okay, which Urus, is what? That's the Lamborghini SUV. What's the engine in Oh, sorry. The it's Urus. a 600, 600, 650 horsepower like turbo V8 thing. Okay. Um, yeah, I think have, it's a twin turbo V8. Yeah, it's uh, eight-speed automatic, quattro all-wheel drive. So an Audi spokesperson confirmed in February that selling the RS6 Avant in the United States wasn't out of the question. <laughs> That's not of, very it le well, promising. Till now, it's been no. No. We will not do it. And they posted something on Twitter not too long ago that was uh, a picture of everybody holding hands and saying, send good vibes for Avants in America. <laughs> I <laughs> which, like that. Which I don't know. <laughs> um, so they said that uh, and that a decision regarding the models availability in the Americas would be coming soon. Okay. Carbuzz initially reported in January that its own source was told by Audi executives that the company had been given both wagon models the green light in the U.S. and that they will arrive with the next RS7 Sportback. However, Audi sportsman, spokesman, sportsman, Mark, I like sportsman, that. he's a sportsman, he's fishing right now. Mark <laughs> Danke told Motor Authority on February 4th that the information is not correct. He said Oops. that Audi is actively considering bringing yeah. both the regular 86 Avant and RS6 Avant in the United States with next generation models, but there has not been a final decision. He added, Audi has seen the enthusiasm for the models. You think? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, everybody over here is constantly, if you look at their Twitter, it's like, Avant, bring it, RS6, please. <laughs> RS4, Avant, yeah, but please. What are people actually buying, though? They are buying Q7s. Yes. What people want is an RSQ7. It's clear Audi wants to bring the models here, but it sounds like the internal business case for the wagons needs to be made. Yeah. They said a decision is coming internally in the near future. So wagons were found in a recent study to be the body style with the fourth largest percentage growth in sales over the last five years at 20 Nine percent. Now that's really? not that's not a market share. Number. No, that's that's growth Just number year over, over year, year over year. So, which is large for growth, thirty percent increase. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I was thinking to myself, is the wagon the way that we can fight the crossover? Can we convince people that the wagon truly is the way to go? No. So, <laughs> <laughs> tell me what a crossover has over a wagon other than ground clearance and your view of the road. 
it's that view of the road driving position that is so much more confidence aspiring for a person that isn't into any sort of sporty drive. What is it with the commanding view of the road that makes people feel better? What is it that they can see that they can't see when they're in a car? You know what? It's not what you can see. It's the fact that everyone else now is above you, physically speaking, in their SUVs. So you don't want to be the person down low on the road. Is this like a psychological thing? Yes, I, in terms I really of believe it is. You feel like a lesser person? No, I think it's you feel less safe. But you're not less safe. I know I that. I think we need to beat people over the head with wagons. Here's the I thing. like wagons, but you're not going to change the, the market. If the RS6 comes, that means we're also, in my opinion, this is my opinion, we're also going to get the S6 and A6 of yes. as well, which would be great. Because I think that the they have to bring those two. Because if they just it bring the RS6... It wouldn't make sense from a volume perspective. No, it's a loss. The RS6 add. is a loss leader. Right. They're not going to make a ton of money on it. They're going to make it on the S6, A6, Q7. Now, here's the thing is I think these wagons come in close on price to a Q7 once they're you know, loaded up and everything like that. Yeah, so you're really going to have to, there's going to be a battle it there. Won't work. All right. So um, I read an article about solar roads. Yeah. We've been hearing about this yeah, for so a while. They, they're basically just another stupid environmentalist pipe dream. They don't work. And now there is proof. Okay. Right, so I'm going to read a little bit of this, this article to you guys. Um, the world's first solar road has turned out to be a colossal failure. So this was in, do you have an article? Yeah, it'll be here. Okay, because I remember when they were like, we're building it, guys. We're building, and we're going to get into a little bit of that in okay. a minute, too. Okay, go ahead. Um, the world's first solar road has turned out to be a colossal failure that's, failure that's falling apart and doesn't generate enough energy, according to a report. Wait till you hear how much energy this road <laughs> generates. Oh, no. Okay, so solar roads were promised to be one of the biggest unprecedented revolutions of our time. Not just in the field of renewable energy, but in the energy sector generally. I mean, everybody was promised, do your driveway, do your roof, do your road, do your parking lot. I still do your think parking the roof garages. makes sense, but yes. Yes, I think, well, we did the math. I was out in California with some buddies, and we did the math that if every single person in California had solar panels on the roof, it still wouldn't generate as much energy as just a regular nuclear plant. Oh, no. it would. It's just, No, absolutely and not. It would, and it would cost... We're going to get into the cost of some of this. I did some good math, which I don't do very often. As opposed to your bad math? <laughs> well, most of my math is bad. Um, solar roads were uh, covering 2,800 square meters. Normandy's solar road was the first in the world inaugurated in It was in Normandy? France, yeah. Despite the hype surrounding solar roads, two years after this one was introduced as a trial, the project has turned out to be a colossal failure. It's neither efficient nor profitable, according to a report by Le Mans. Le Monde. Le Monde. Le Monde. The unfortunate truth is that the road is in such poor state, it isn't even worth repairing. Last May, a 100-meter stretch had to be had deteriorated to such a state that it had to be demolished. So is it because these, is, these are just like plastic? So, no, they're glass. Yeah, that's not a good idea. Well, what else are you going to do it with? You some have sort of really good polycarbonate. It's going to get scratched. Glass can be much harder than plastic. So the thought was glass. But how do you get the snow off of glass? Good point. Yeah. According to LeMond's report, various components of the road don't fit properly. Panels have come loose, and some of the solar panels have broken into fragments. On top of the damage and poor, poor wear of the road, the Normandy solar track is, has also failed to fulfill its energy production goals. Before you go there, I can only imagine glass shatters, Chris. Yes. So, like, this is, you're going to be breaking tires on yeah, I was this. I say, what are tires made out of? Exactly. Yeah. On top of the damage, the, the original aim was to produce 790 kilowatt hours each day, a quantity that could illuminate a population of 3,000, 5,000 people. That's, That's substantial. Great. Yeah. But the rate produced stands at only about 50% of the original predicted estimates. Okay. So, half. That's still. If that. Better than what That's I thought you were going to say. That's at its best. Oh, okay. Okay. In its second year, the energy production level of the road further dwindled, and uh -huh. the same downward trend has been observed at the beginning of 2019, indicating serious issues with efficiency. Even rotting leaves and thunderstorms appear to pose a risk in terms of damage to the surface of the road. What's more, the road is very noisy, which is why traffic had to be lowered to 70 kilometers an hour, which Ooh. is which is what is that? Like, what's 70? 40? 40 is what I was going to say. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Um, there were concerns that as the panels would be tilted to follow the sun, it would often be covered by cars during the period the sun was out. The whole project would be completely inefficient. So there was people that were like, this is not going to work. Right. This isn't going to work. Don't do right. it. It's a waste of money. It's not going to work. Um, despite costing up costing up to roughly $6.1 million, the solar road became operational in 2016. 75% of the panels were broken before being installed. <laughs> 
It doesn't before generate before being installed. <laughs> it doesn't generate any energy. It can't be driven on, and 83% of its panels are broken, according to the Daily Caller. One electrical engineer went as far to, as to describe it as a total and epic failure. Yeah. Even if it had been functional, the panels would have been able to power only a small water fountain and the lights in a restroom. <laughs> Those are some very odd examples, by the way. <laughs> I like, why didn't you say, like, oh, it'd power 10 cell phones or something like that that what about, everyone can understand? What about a, a fountain? A small fountain. <laughs> Unzi. Well, they do have a lot of fountains in Paris. That's, yeah, that's yeah. for sure. So all of this is a, a total waste of money. Total waste yes. of money. So here's another example. This is not the first time this has been tried. And I just have Dang. another example for you. I remember one that I thought was in, like, Sweden or one of the North countries. It's been tried, and I couldn't find any instance where everybody was like, yay. No, I believe that. The one I remember, though, was it was going to have sensors built into it, and so it would, like, light up dangerous objects on the road at night. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's got LEDs, so it can change lanes. Which yeah. I think is, it's all really neat in concept, but you have to keep in mind that you're spending other people's money to just fuck <laughs> off and just try <laughs> things. It's not, you can't... that. It, Devil's advocate, that's how you advance science and technology, is by trying things. Yeah, but you're using other people's money to try things. That's correct. So let me just tell when, us another failure. When you're flushing this much money down the toilet is generally not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. A smaller scale. Back in 2014, a 70 meter, 70 meter. That's small. Solar bicycle path was built in the suburbs of Amsterdam in the Netherlands. I like the, this as like a test case. At the insane cost of three million euros that's not an affordable in first test year, case it, in the first year it produced about three thousand kilowatt hours of electricity enough to power an average home okay at the current three million dollars to power one house 70 meter that's just like a really long sidewalk in front of everyone's house so it's, <laughs> at the current wholesale price in the uk that same three million three million euros would have bought you about 65 million kilowatt hours of electricity enough to power twenty one thousand homes that year yeah. Okay. So, uh, four million miles of road in the USA. I did the math. It would cost, and I had to like look up how many okay, zeros so this was. Four million miles of road. Okay. Let me actually let me play this clip here. This is a two minute clip of, um, basically it's a, it's an Indiegogo guy who's he, the the guy that was talking about the tiles that change colors and warn you and all that stuff. Yeah. This is this guy. Are you ready? Okay. Solar freaking roadway. What are they? They're solar freaking roadways. What do they want from me? Well, they're solar freaking roadways. Mm -hmm. For yep. the first time in human history, we have the technology to do what nature has done since the beginning of life on this planet. Harness the power of the sun to fuel our pursuits. And this isn't about filling a field with solar panels. You feel good land. right now? I do. You feel good? You feel warm inside? Reflecting sunlight and absorbing Where's the link? Can I send him money? Nobody. Well, we'll talk about Which that in a minute. Means it's doing something for somebody, but not very much. It's time for an upgrade. We have to make the changes we want to see in the world. The regular roads yeah, are doing nothing for anyone, apparently. No, I heard that. Create the prototypes. But now a grassroots effort of concerned and inspired people can push this project into independent production. If we vote with our money for projects we believe in, we can create a future where our society is driven by new ideas. It need only begin with private driveways and parking lots. Once the ball gets rolling, it'll create a momentum all of its own. Let's put our roads to work. Put our mention. roads to work. It's finally going to look like the freaking future out there. City streets, driveways, sidewalks, and schoolyards glowing with LED panels. Are you kidding? That'd imagine be terrible, actually. Imagine Mardi Gras. Imagine the Movement Electronic Music Festival in downtown Detroit. But all the concrete and hard plaza has been replaced with pressure-sensitive panels with multicolored lights in them. I would lose my mind. And not to mention the freaking <laughs> solar panels. It has been estimated that if all the roads in America were converted to solar roadways, the country would generate three times as much energy as it currently uses. Think about that. An abundance of clean think energy. about that i'm thinking about so that quickly in review love biking solar roadway hate high energy bills solar roadway love the movie tron solar roadway worried about the economy <laughs> solar roadway love sports solar roadway scared of hitting moose solar roadway hate gasoline prices solar roadway love helping developing countries solar roadway hate tar fumes solar roadway love recycling solar roadway hate winter driving solar roadway need a job solar roadway want to save this Hold on. and make it sustainable for so many red flags future generations of life who can look back and say Hey, at least they invented solar freaking roadways. <laughs> okay, is that it? Is that it? Because I'm, I'm really two big points. He had me at Tron because I'm thinking about driving my motorcycle down the road just and I have the light cycle lines behind me. Just because they build these roads doesn't oh. mean that you... 
Everybody doesn't get a free light cycle. Yes! <laughs> he had me there. And but, then when he said, but do you hate winter driving? I was like, wait, what? How is this going to eliminate well, they winter? Because they're heated. That's not going to be efficient <laughs> at all, Chris. I just love that this is like, it's, an, it's a total appeal to emotion, right? Is what this is. Uh-huh. So what they're saying is, hey, support us if you want things to be better. Uh-huh. But, so I did a little bit of math because... Because he said, if if all the roadways people, in the U.S. These type of people don't like math. Okay, so there's 4 million roads, uh, miles of roads in the United States. I did math. It would cost $16 trillion to, to build solar roadways on every road in the United States, as he's saying that we should do. Um, here's the problem. The entire economy of the United States generates $19 trillion. That's in, the GDP. In one year. In, in a year. So that's the GDP. Just of, spread it out, Chris. Yeah. This guy. Uh, so this guy raised $2.2 million via 50,000 morons. <laughs> it sounds like he's got a long way to go. So they need seven. <laughs> so to get to the amount of money that they need to build solar panels for every road, they need seven million times more money. Okay. And if my math is right, about 350 billion more idiots. Okay. So uh, that's a nuts. It's this is just pipe dream baloney. They need they're they wasting people's money. The Nobody problem wants is this. Nobody wants this except fringe groups and for some reason gullible legislators legislators get on board with this stuff because it feels good. Well, they say, "Oh, don't you want to don't you want things to be better?" Well, of course everybody wants it things helps to be better with their voting as well. No, it doesn't because these people are fringe. Okay, they're not. It's not like regular. This this guy has fifty thousand people that have done this. There's okay. three hundred fifty million, three hundred seventy five million people in this country. People aren't at the the state capitol clamoring for LED inspired they didn't solar panel. Mention roads. light cycles yet? <laughs> All right. So, um, what would you think about having your key in your arm for your car? I still like regular keys. Okay, so this... I don't like the stupid, no, the keyless thing. Okay, so this girl's name is Amy Deedee. She has uh, biohacked a, a yeah, key chip card this is a whole thing. into her arm. Um, so she's a software engineer, cosplayer, body modification enthusiast, and biohacker, and she also happens to be pretty cute. Is this the photo you sent me? No, this is not okay. the photo I <laughs> Don't get too excited. This is a rated G podcast. Um, so after ordering a Tesla Model 3, Amy was enthralled to learn that she would ditch a traditional key in favor of, a, of an RFID-based key card. Having already implanted an NFC chip card into her arm years ago, which can be used to open her front door or effortly, effortlessly push her personal website to someone's phone, she immediately had the idea of us, utilizing the same process to start her Tesla. So she has her house keys in her arm. Basically. She doesn't have her house keys in her arm, Chris. She has a little RFID chip the size of a SIM card in her arm. Right, which is basically what I, I think it'd be hilarious if you put a whole ring of keys in your arm with a little <laughs> zipper and you open it up this like a ba- pouch. <laughs> this is basically what your dog has in when they go to scan the dog to find out whose dog it is. <laughs> yeah, you're chip. right. That's exactly what it is. So she purchased a new Tesla Valet key for 10 bucks. Okay. A cheap sacrifice, blah, blah, So what she ended up doing is she put it in acetone, soaked the, the key card off. Okay. Got the little piece out, sent it out to get coated in some sort of bio-safe polymer. That doesn't kill yeah, her. So it's about the same length as a Lego person. It's not it's, teeny. No, it's not. So next came the implant, a feat, a feat that was undertaken by a Texas-based piercer who go by, goes by the name of Pineapple Tangaroa. Right. Because physicians will not do this, turns out. No, they, will they not? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> Why not? No, 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 no. <laughs> um, Amy and Pineapple filmed the short process of embedding <laughs> the chip under the biohacker's skin. She says that although her implant is quite functional, its range is limited to about one inch, meaning that in order to start the car, her forearm needs to be quite close to the center console for the car's sensors to interact with the implant. Well, hopefully she put it in the right arm. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I'll, I'll link the video in the show notes. It actually looks really painful. Um, there's no video of her actually using it. Just getting it. So at the end of the video, it's just like, I'm, I'm in the car, but it's not like unlocking What if it didn't car. work after all that? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Can you so, imagine how painful that is? Not only do they have to make a slit, they have to then peel the skin well, back. They, they put it on a tweezers or something and like shove it in. And like she, he's like moving it around to make sure it's at the top layer. Right. No. That's you, blood, nope. guts, everything else. There's, yeah. Um, so I was wondering how long till everything is kind of like this, though, because it's. It's you know in the sci-fi movies where they grab a guy and they stick the gun on his neck and go Kush, and it like implants like a tracker in his neck or something like mm-hmm. that. That's basically what this is. But this looked a lot worse than that. <laughs> it looked a lot worse. Yeah, I 
I think biometrics the, are far more likely than this type of stuff to have happening. Where you walk up to the car, it sees your eyes. Yes. It sees just like my iPhone where you look at it right. and it unlocks. That will happen. That is far more likely than this. This is just, what are you doing? I mean, yeah, no, some, I agree. She's some tattoo girl with green hair. and Oh, you know, yeah. Way well, you've heard makeup. of the people putting little magnets in their fingers. They can feel magnetic fields. Have you not heard of this? Oh, this is a thing. Okay. Yeah, the whole body what, hacking. What magnetic field are you feeling? Oh, anything, Chris. Your phone puts out a microscopic magnetic field. And if you get in tune with the magnet and all the senses, you can feel it. Wow. Can we just... Can we, how do we deal with these people? Can we round them up? Just somehow? let them do their thing. Yeah. So if you're really, 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 really rich, uh-huh. Aston Martin uh-huh. will build you a garage. Is an odd choice. Yeah, so Aston Martin is taking personalization to a whole new level by providing a service that will let customers dream up the perfect space for his or her car or car collection. It's called Aston Martin Automotive Galleries and Layers. Layers? <laughs> they layer. use the term layer. <laughs> Come into my layers. Let's have a... So I was in my... Uh, <laughs> so I was working on my car the other day. In your in, lair. In my lair. In your lair, obviously. <laughs> and it fuses teams from the queue. Aston Martin's car's personalization. Are they just taking everything from the whole James Bond connection now? What is Q? I forget. Is that the name of the... Do you know? Q is... the mom, right? No, that's M. Oh. Do you know what Q stood for? The quartermaster. Oh. Yes, there you are. Um, By Aston Martin car in personalization service with top interior designers and architects. One of the architects they found has been this guy. Who cares? The Australian firm came up with several designs, some depicting a subterranean circular space with a central spot for a car, plus mm-hmm. surrounding entertainment and leisure areas. So it's- hold on. You you missed the part here that just reinforced my point. Astomari has recruited Obermoser Arak Omo, a firm with a penchant for designing buildings that a James Bond villain might build. So when you look at the pictures, it's almost like there's sharks swimming in an aquarium. Oh, of course them. there would be. <laughs> Imagine a home or luxury tr- retreat built around your car picture creating the ultimate space to showcase your own automotive works of art this is now achievable with this new offering i can't i can't see past a four or five car garage that's like my imagination is four or five car garage with bigger ceilings and a hoist and a couch and a tv with an xbox that's as far as even if i was rich i would have trouble going beyond a functional garage that's that's the problem because you're not trying to display your collection. I'm also not trying to impress anybody. And immediately exactly. what I thought of Which is, is the only reason you, you ever want to display du- your collection. Did you ever watch DuckTales back in the day? Yes. With Launchpad and Scrooge McDuck and everything yes. like that? Yes. You remember in the in the DuckTales? Woo! But then it's got Scrooge McDuck jumping. He's jumping in and out of the money, swimming in it. In so like you just a giant want vault. A, a money vault. That's basically what these are. i guess it's exactly like that so i have great news for you for me for you and other people with bad taste (laughs) (laughs) an open top version of volkswagen's trendy t-rock heck yeah was unveiled on wednesday ahead of a formal debut in september at the 2019 frankfurt international motor show the t-rock is a compact crossover suv based on volkswagen group's flexible mqb platform you forgot the best part it's it is a, a convertible. convertible. So I cannot tell you how many people tagged me in comments about this thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it isn't going to be sold in the United States. Yeah, so I'll, don't count on this open top get anything good. appearing in dealerships anytime soon. Yeah. So I don't. have you seen this thing? Mm-hmm. First of all, why is it called a T-Rock? I couldn't find out. Do you know? And why are any of their cars named anything? Well, the Tiguan. No, back well, in the day. A, had, it's a difference between the Tiger so, and an no, Iguana. You had the Tiguan. Corrado, Golf, Jetta, all yeah. that stuff. That was all trade wins. Trade wins. So it all had like a thing. But T-Rock just sounds like a guy who's trying to put down his first mixtape. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. How long did you think of that one? Right (laughs) right now. Um, So compared to the regular T-Rock, the convertible sees the basic design change from four doors to two. The Uh Roth is a cloth unit and the rear end is slightly altered from with a small spoiler. Ooh. Yeah. the, The fully automatic roof needs just nine seconds to open and can be operated at speeds of up to 18 miles per hour. Protective bars will eject from the rear seat in the case of a rollover. I like That's that. That's cool. That is cool. <laughs> Buyers will be able to choose from one and 1.5 liter engines. Why can't we get, you know, here's, here's the thing. If Europe and Americans would have adopted these small displacement engines 10, 15 years ago mm-hmm. that get 40, 50 miles per gallon, mm-hmm. would we really need all the electric cars? 
because we never got any of this. All this economical stuff that Europe has had forever because their gas prices are through the roof. Right. We've never had any of it. We've just been getting stuff that gets 25 miles per gallon for the last 15 years. Right. They've been getting double that. True. So we've been just consuming a massive amount of oil. So it's, Well, consumer behavior dictates. Yeah, I don't I, think they'd sell many of these in the Midwest at one liter. Well, the government isn't beyond regulating things, so I'm sure they could have said, with cafe <laughs> standards, they could have pushed the envelope. Um, they have 115 and 150 horsepower, res- respectively. T-Rock, fans looking for more thrills, can opt for the T-Rock R. Nice. Which packs the Golf R's 2-liter engine rated at 300 horsepower. That's kind of cool. So here was my thought, though. This was kind of why I want to talk about this. Okay. Is this going to start a trend with cars disappearing? Are more and more crossovers going to be convertibles? Because people still like convertibles no matter what. Just because cars are going away doesn't mean they don't like convertibles. We've seen so, the Range Rover Evoke convertible. The Buick convertible thing. The yep. Murano thing. Yep. We've seen, and now the T-Rock convertible. Yep. They must do market research that says, hey, even though Jake's wrong, let's come out with a few of these convertible cars. Yeah. Are you excited about this? I Do you, yeah. like, do you like this car? I don't dislike it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't dislike it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's write that one down. <laughs> All right. So I found another license plate for you. Oh, really? Yeah. So a California man's plot to avoid tickets with a license plate. This is nerdy. So I oh, I was telling you before when I was reviewing this, I love this story. Yeah. I yeah, love yeah. this story. So basically what this guy did is he decided he's a computer programmer guy. Yeah. And what is when something is nothing. Right. In computer program, what is it called? It's a null value. It's a null value. It means zero. It means nothing. It means it doesn't exist. Right. It doesn't mean zero, which is a value. Correct. It means null. It means it, it, it's not there. It's invisible. Co- correct. Um, Actually, so, zero is sometimes a Boolean value, so that's... Don't go there. <laughs> okay. California man's plot to avoid tickets with no vanity plate nets him $12,000 <laughs> in fines. I, so with the headline, I didn't get it. And then when you read on, it's yeah, so it's, good. After being told by the DMV and LAPD to change his plates, the IT professional refused, saying, no, I didn't do anything wrong. Recount his, recounting his experience at this year's DEF CON hacking conference. <laughs> I want to go. Yeah, That's right. Awesome. An information security researcher who goes by the handle Droogie cheekily attempted to fool the DMV's computer system by registering a vanity plate that reads, no. The computer programming shorthand for a non-existent value. If all went to plan, any and all tickets issued to the plate null would, at the end of the day, be issued to no plate at all. Because it's null. Value is null. As anyone with a modicum of programming experience will attest, these things rarely go as planned. Yeah. I was like, I'm the shit, Droogie told the audience. I'm going to be invisible. I'm just imagining this. <laughs> I'm pretending I know what this guy is. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be invisible. Instead, I got all the tickets. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> Things seemed fine for the uneventful first year he owned the plate, but when he tried to renew the tags entering null into the California DMV's online registration renewal site, it broke the page. Which is hilarious. Shortly after that, Droogie's car got slapped with a parking ticket, an event that triggered thousands of dollars of tickets to be mailed to his house all addressed to him all in all droogie appeared to be on the hook for over twelve thousand dollars so this fines didn't make sense to me until you read this next part apparently a privately operated citation processing center kept a database of outstanding tickets attributed to a null plate these are plates (laughs) with missing or incomplete plate data not plates that literally read null so if you had a license plate that was broken or covered up and or someone entered it incorrectly right all just went into this massive database bucket of plates named null twelve thousand dollars worth actually unfortunately for the california it professional the system in question wasn't sophisticated enough to differentiate the two inputs, automatically sending all the null tickets his way. When he contacted both the DMV and the Los Angeles Police Department to explain what was happening, both government agencies simply told him to change his plate. Drugi, however, stubbornly refused, saying, I said, no, I didn't do anything wrong. The Citation Processing Center eventually Why is can- Drugi a cartoon character to you? Because <laughs> of his name. The Citation Processing Center eventually canceled the original $12,000 debt, but didn't actually do anything to fix the software bug. <laughs> As of right now, Drugi says the system shows $6,000 in tickets attributed to his null plate and has zero plans of paying any of it, which honestly is brilliant. Yep, I love it. So I want to talk a little bit about the Corvette. I know we've been kind of talking about this a lot, but they finally released the specs and the actual pricing. Okay. And basically the the horsepower numbers, top speed numbers, and a few other things. So you can now go almost 200 miles per hour for 60 grand. Confirmed. 
Wow. Almost. So making good on a promise of delivering the new mid-engine C8 Corvette Stingray under 60 grand, Chevy has now announced official pricing for the latest generation of the American sports car. A base 1LT 2020 vet will start at $59,995, including destination. For a reference, a base 29C7 was 57 grand. So it's, wow, it's right there. Of all the available in all trims is a $5,000 Z51. Does the Z stand for anything or is it just a cool letter? I think it's just a cool letter. Performance pack in that package that actually includes, does it stand for Zora, who was the you original can look it up designer? That includes an upgraded exhaust that adds five horsepower and five pound feet of torque, performance suspension, electronic limited slip, splitter, spoiler, bigger brakes, better tires, enhanced cooling. The result? Zero to sixty in under three seconds. Wow. So basically sixty-five grand, you're going zero to sixty in under three seconds. Wow. Even though Chevy said it didn't test the C8's top speed before the car's reveal last month, the company now says the mid-engine Corvette will top out at 195 miles per hour without the Z51 pack. Okay. Road and Track reported the Z51-equipped cars will get a lower top speed because of the extra drag-inducing downforce parts, and Chevy confirmed that they'll only reach 184. So if you want to go almost 200, don't get the performance pack. So there's also another little inter- interesting addendum to this, and this... This is something that's right up your alley, Jake. Okay. Did you know that for a mere 8% of the car's price, you can customize the VIN number? Wait, really? For five grand, you can have your own VIN, which is comes down to about $1,000 per letter. It's kind of cool. I know though. what yours would be. What? VET. You can use letters? You can make it whatever you oh, want. Oh, my God. VET is going to be a good one. So here's the problem. What? <laughs> the personalized VIN numbers are going to be with the car forever, right? Yeah. So anybody that's doing like chode or boobs or something <laughs> like that, is that going to affect the value of the car someday? If it's like, uh, if it's no, like CHV 118 boobs. You won't know it until you buy the car and you're like, wait, what? I bought the boobs <laughs> no, car? No, 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 no. Every single person is going to You're look right. At them. They're going to be like, well, when they What's advertise the it. number? No. On all the Craigslist ads in five years, VIN number boobs or VIN number whatever. <laughs> you know so, what it's going to be like? It's going to be like, remember, uh, oh, you probably don't know this, but. Um, people sell gamer tags for Xbox. Okay. So if you have uh, a really rare, because most people's gamer tags are already taken, so you put a bunch of stupid right. numbers in it. So you could have like um, the hotness war killer, whatever. But <laughs> so you would try to sell the hotness war killer, and right. people would buy. It. So are they going to be selling the cars with the better VIN numbers? Is it going to be a thing? Is it going to oh, be a marketing sure. thing? Like, well, the, the, do you remember our episode on Friday that we haven't recorded yet, Chris? So we're pretending like we have. What that ties into license plate market? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You will have, people have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That. You remember? I that. haven't heard it yet. But yeah. <laughs> um, so another thing I want to talk about is we finally know. Do you first of all? Do you want to know what Z? Yes, stands for. So for a long time, GM and Chevrolet in particular clustered similar sorts of option codes into the same letter range with its regular production option codes. Engine options often start with L, like LT1, L72 etc the ls6 and others transmissions got m codes like m20 and brakes j codes and so on z codes are often though not always used for performance related packages uh quite logically chevy assigned the letter codes to all the regular options first like floor mats bench seats vinyl and took up most of the alphabet and since they figured that performance options had a strong potential to change year to year, they kept them at the end of the alphabet because they were somewhat easier to change in their antiquated system. The changes then wouldn't disrupt the rest of the regular option codes as much, which then they just carried over into the days of computers. Okay, great. I really thought it stood for something more. It didn't. Nope, that's about it. So it's just a it's just a just a letter, which is kind of a bummer. You kind of want some heritage there, but there's nothing. So we finally know. So the take on is being revealed on September. Porsche take on. They're on September all 4th. electric. This is coming. It's big news. Everybody's yep. talking about it. Um, so Johnny Smith, who was on Fifth Gear, not Top Gear. He was on right. fifth, the show Fifth Gear with Tiff yep. Nadell. And then it was Johnny Smith. And then there was that other blonde girl that I can't, for the life of me, remember her name. Mm-hmm. So he would always drive around. He's a funny dude. He now owns a, uh, oh, I wish I could remember the name. I'll link to it in the show notes. But he has a channel that he does that's kind of electric car oriented. Oh, okay. So he is the first one, the first civilian to drive the Takan. Okay. So a uh, couple takeaways when I watch the video, the repeatability is there. He <laughs> launches the thing over and over 30 times. Wow. Over and over and over he launches it. And every time it throws his sunglasses off his head. <laughs> it is, it's fast. It's slightly slower than the Tesla. But if you count the warm-up time, the Tesla 0-60 to 60 is actually 0-60 to 60 in like three minutes. 
Right, because you have to sit there at the stop and go, oh, hold on, drag racer. I have to warm up my batteries, yep, and the then Tacan's we have to put it in all the different modes. Yep, it's got all liquid-cooled batteries. You know, so it's, it's ready to go. It's ready to go anytime, and it weighs weighs about 4,000 pounds. Here's okay. another thing. It's got air ride, which That's I did cool. not know. It's it's got like a, it's probably air ride with uh, magnetic shocks. Ride control. Mag- yep. Yeah, magnetic ride control. Um, his comments on the build quality were that it was fantastic. As you'd so, expect. So this is all happening really, really fast. But what I wanted is I wanted everybody to hear it. Okay, so I've got a sound okay. file, what this thing sounds like. Now, you know all the cars need to make a sound. Right, so that the, is a regulation. We talked about that before, where BMWs has like some sort of crazy composer. Um, That's who, right. <laughs> who he, he's the one that invented the War of the World sound. Where yep. Th- Boom. Yeah, exactly. So that's what all the BMWs are going to sound like. It's going to sound like <laughs> the War of the Worlds, the, the apocalypse. So this is uh, Porsche's sound. It's on. You might hear a little hum, and that is its low-speed mandatory noise. Okay, so here's the thing. It sounds cool. <laughs> I, 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 I hate it. I hate that it does, but it sounds the were it's not just they you can tell that they spent a lot of time probably the sound because it doesn't just go it's not just like there's like constant, different sounds in there. It's it's got a little bit of an undulation to it that that seems to hint at some sort of something mysterious that's powering <laughs> the car. I'm serious. It sounds very sci-fi. It yeah. sounds like a UFO or a spaceship or something out of inner, like Galactica, Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica. That's the one. I, or Star Wars or something. It sounds very cool. I agree with you. However, part of me is thinking you like it more just because it's a Porsche. I this is the, you know so this is the first electric car that I've really heard a sound. I the Teslas just sound really basic. They sound like I, what I was describing. They just they have an electric motor sound. Sure. This is the first one I've heard that heard that is an engineered electric sound that sounds it doesn't sound I don't get like a a heart racing right, no. feeling from it. I, I get, know what you're saying. I get the I want to take my computer apart feeling. <laughs> like kind of like a nerdy techie I want to like play with it and push buttons. Sure. It doesn't make my heart race like No, it's yeah, it's not a a very What's the term? Emotional. It's not very emotional. It is very still sounds very sterile. It's going to take a lot of getting used to. Right. But I imagine that this sound is going to be used across all of the Porsche models. It's going to become a signature. You think they're going to have a signature? They've got to. That's what I mean. They have to do something to set this car sound apart from other people. So are they going to make it louder? So like you can like it's a sports car. It's still going to be louder as electric. As just a regular pedestrian car. I guess you could find a way to amplify that. Which I don't like the idea of. I don't either. I, anything Because it's like the BMWs that pipe in fake engine noise into right. your cabin. It's right. going to be that except pointed outwards. So here's the thing is younger people that aren't really combustion engine people, young anyone that's two, three, four years old growing up right now, they're going to grow up knowing these sounds. So are these sounds going to be cool to them the way that my car sound is cool to me now? I don't know. I don't think so. No, I don't think, think this. Is, I don't think the sound is going to be a big part of it. No, you no. don't think so. I don't. Well, they, well, BMW hired the composer, and Porsche is obviously doing something interesting with the True. sound. True. I mean, I think that they have to accept that there's got to be some sort of auditory stimulation that people feel good about while they're driving the car. There has to be, otherwise, it just feels like you're driving around in a vacuum. Because nobody likes to just listen to tires crawl over rocks. Like the beginning of that. Listen to this. It's on. So just you listen to the. the I, I know the <laughs> low speed mandatory noise. That sound. All it is is rocks being thrown off the tires. That's the only sound that gets made. Right. That and wind noise. No, that's not engaging <laughs> at all. So anyway, people are excited. That video in just a few days has 1.2 million views. Yeah. Wow. It's really good. Really informational. He asked the the German guy a bunch of questions. And the, and the German guy keeps looking at the camera like, I can't answer that <laughs> like over and over again. He's like super uncomfortable. Uh, anyway, so there's a huge embargo on that. Um, so that'll come out September 4th, and there's going to be a live stream. Interesting. So maybe you should watch it. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say we should get together and like watch the live stream together. Yeah, but, eh. I don't think it's going to be that exciting. So what brand or uh, – let's see. Boy, we're, we've got Where are 15 we at? minutes left. Okay, this will okay. be fine. Um, so what 
uh, brand of car do you think gets the most speeding tickets? So we're US? talking in the U.S. Uh, yes. If you had to guess, I'm going to say I'm sorry, brand and model. Yeah, I'm going to say a Ford Mustang. Not on the list. Not, really? Not in the top ten. Try, really? Try because again. Of the, all the rental fleets. Nope. Try again. And everything else. Try again. Wrong. Honda Civic. Not on the list. Really? Yep. Your battens. You got one more. Try to at least get one that's on the list. It's got to be a common car. Is it just something stupid like an F-150? I'm waiting for you to get any in the top 10. And that's not there either. No. One more try. Come on. Come on, man. <laughs> American car. No, not American, but in Cars the U.S. Here. Yeah. Is it sporty? You would think it'd be sporty. Come on, man. Spit it out. The number one. What about like a... Uh, the number one car. The Subaru WRX. I was going to say Subaru. Oh, well, I don't believe you because you didn't say it. But it's I thought that was easy, odd. Very easy for you to say. Well, they're out, they're out of vape juice. They got to get over to the vape store. Yeah, I guess so. I'd... Next, the Scion FRS, which is like the BRZ version. So I think. this is definitely enthusiast cars. Yep. The thing is, is that the BRZ isn't on the list. Only the FRS is. Yeah. yeah, so that's kind of interesting. Next is the Volkswagen GTI, Hyundai Genesis See, I Coupe. thought these were all way too obscure of vehicles. Hyundai, what? A Volkswagen GTI? No, I'm thinking like a there's su- many more like F-150s and Civics on the yeah, road than that. Yeah, but those are just, just dudes driving. They're not. Yeah, there's a, at some point the numbers. Nothing in an F-150 makes you feel like you need to speed. There's no sound that makes you need to feel like you need to speed. It's not, the speedometer doesn't go up to 100 million. Yeah, but my dad had a rear wheel drive only with pause attraction and the 5.4, and I would just so do this burnouts. Is, <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't get a speeding ticket for doing a burnout. So fifth on the list is the Jeep Wrangler Unlimited, which is purely a volume-based right. speeding ticket. Yes. Thing. And then it's the Dodge Ram 2500. So there's your truck. Yep. Dodge Dart. <laughs> oh, yeah. You never hear anything about the Dodge. What happened? You know what was cool? What? They ruined the Dodge Dart. I know they It did. had such potential. Do you remember the first commercials that came out? I was like, yeah, this thing looks pretty cool. It looks like a mini Challenger, a mini Charger or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's, then it's front wheel drive and then it's yeah. a giant POS. And then yeah. it could have had like some turbo four cylinder in it. Right. It just. I, I'm thinking back. What if it was a little rear wheel drive car? It'd be great. Or all wheel drive even. It It'd would be have been great. sweet. Yeah. But instead it's a just a car you buy in Alabama for 1500 bucks. Why Probably are we buying that. it in Alabama? It just seems like a a white trash mobile. That's it. Just does. I just I can't I can't get down with the Dodge Dart, um, the Affinity G7, Subaru Impreza, and the Hyundai Velocitor. So that's that's it. So huh. that study was done by some insurance company. So this is a great story. This is my favorite story of the day. Okay? Really? So a West Virginia student found her Fiat 500 thoroughly destroyed early last week when a tree that was being cut down close to where it parked. Was parked, fell on top of it. Uh oh. Uh, yeah, that would to destroy our attention it. by WSAZ. It happened last Monday morning out in the time of Huntington when a city crew was attempting to cut down a tree that had reportedly been giving the neighborhood grief. How Billy, does a tree give the neighborhood grief? Billy Tatum, who was apparently playing cards on his porch watching the crew work, told the news outlet, outlet that one of the tree limbs was blown off during a storm several weeks prior, hitting the windshield of a parked truck. So it's just maybe it's just a weak tree. It's old. It's just right. Everything. Okay. So, um, Apparently, the tree wasn't done with its reign of terror and destroyed the Fiat. <laughs> but I just want to play the clip of uh, Mr. Is this Billy? This is Mr. Billy talking about what he saw. And where was West Virginia? This okay. West Virginia. Here's a little of what that witness had to say. It sounded like a beer can getting flattened. It just it was crunch. It was, I hate to say it, it was kind of cool. You know, I mean, what guy what you know doesn't like you know destruction yeah you know that's why we go to demolition derbies but hey you know bottom line that's that poor girl's new car and she can't get to school now it flattened it like a pancake from back seat to the uh, tail and i said oh, whoops shocking a city spokesperson says the city employees involved were negligent and protocol was not followed he says the city is committed to resolving this issue as quickly as possible to make sure the family is made whole Chalk it up to a Monday. <laughs> Here's a little of what that... Wit- hold on, hold on, Chris. Hold on. Chalk you're it up telling to a me, You're telling me you tried to get Council President Lisa Bender on the phone, but not Billy Tatum? I did not try to get Billy Tatum. Oh. I'm so sorry. Do you want to listen to it again? Yes, I... Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it is so, oh, whoops. Oops, Here's a little of what that witness had to, to say. Sound like a beer can getting flattened. It just was crunch. It was... I hate to say it, it was kind of cool. 
You know, I mean, what guy, what, you know, doesn't guy. like, you know, destruction. Yeah, you know, that's why we go to demolition derbies. But, hey. It's true. You know, it's bottom true. line, that's that poor girl's new car, and she can't get to school. <laughs> oh, my oh, goodness. Luke. Wow, <laughs> that it. is that is fantastic. All right, so let's get into some uh, listener questions. Yeah, I'll we? read these off to you. Uh, question for Chris. I have a micro four-third camera or four-three ratio Which camera. Which is like a small... Yeah, like your point and shoot, right? Yeah. With a few different lenses, including my old Nikon lenses with an adapter. I only take pictures for my enjoyment, very occasionally posting them to Instagram. I'd love to be able to take better shots of cars, but I feel like the micro four-third frame... Very occasionally... <laughs> It doesn't work for me. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I don't understand. Uh, the micro four-third frame makes it difficult. In a recent episode, you recommended to just slow down yep. and look at what you're going to shoot. Now, that's great advice, but the micro four-third frame is fairly limited, so my shots end up much different than I'd hoped. Any tips? So I don't really know what lenses. He's got, he says he's got multiple lenses. I don't, right. know, I don't know why the, the micro four-third framing is giving him issues because it's you know? not that far off from a 16 by 9 or whatever a full frame is yeah it's it, that's well you're just talking about aspect ratio at right that point but um so the four-third frame is just basically what you see on your tv or your old tv right back yeah it's, it's widescreen versus not so i guess i can understand that a little bit is that the aspect ratio isn't that i think that's what he's getting isn't at. that great um I don't know, what, I don't know can what, you just tell them to pretend the top and bottom are there, like black lines, and bring it into Photoshop well, you can and always, just put black lines on it? You can certainly crop things, for sure. Um, That'd be my non-photographer you know what you could advice. Do, what, what might be fun is to just take, what you can do is take some electrical tape on the LCD and just tape the... This is what we used to do back in the day for film. So if you had um, a medium format camera and you were shooting like a 4x5 or a square 120 sure. shot or whatever, and you had to, and it needed to be on something mm -hmm. that wasn't square... If you were shooting for, let's say, Target or whatever, and they needed something for a banner, sure, and it wasn't square. You would take tape and you would tape off so you could have the framing that you wanted. So you there would, you go. You would frame off the viewfinder however you wanted it to be, sure. And then you would just it would get obviously the film would be developed the other way, right? But then, but you, then you know how it. to crop it out. Yeah, so you could do something like that or buy a new camera. Well, and you mentioned to me it's the fifty millimeter lens. I love right? the fifty because, because what that's you see what, is what you, you perceive. Yep, your fifty is going to be closest. It depends on the. So when you have a when you have a what's called a crop sensor camera, mm -hmm. it, there's different ratios. So if I take a full frame camera, full frame 35 millimeter sensor and a 50 millimeter lens, and I put that on a cropped sensor camera, mm -hmm. that 50 millimeter lens now gets changed by a factor of 1.5, 1.6, or whatever. So then it becomes a 75 millimeter because you lose all of that field of view on the outside of the lens. Okay. Because it's just a different size sensor. So the sensor is smaller. The distance from the lens to the sensor is the same, but the sensor itself is smaller. So all the data that's on the outside mm -hmm. is gone. So all the light is coming into the camera in the same way. Right. But because the center, sensor is 1.6 times smaller, it essentially becomes a longer focal length. Oh, sure. I got you. So, I mean, you could be experiencing some of that too, if that's part of the problem. Honestly, go to go to a camera store and play some play with some stuff. Go to, I don't know where, where this guy lives, but surely there's places around that rent stuff. You could rent True. whatever yeah. you want for 75 bucks. Yeah, rent see it. if it really is making that you big know, of a difference. And then if you're like, wow, well, you know, I don't really, I'm not into this for the tune of $1,000 or whatever it is, you can do something different. Right, for sure. All right, next question. The 914, Porsche 914. Would you folks class it as the boxer's direct relative? Or was the boxer something that Porsche brought out to revive the compact mid-engine rear-drive sports car? So I would say the Boxster was supposed to harken back to like the 550 Spider, right? Because that was the mid-engine. And they even had a 550 edition of the Boxer in the 986 guys. But there certainly is a lot of heritage with the 914. I guess I would say that it probably feels that way. I don't know that it was ever intended. If it was intended that way, they just would have named it the 914. True. I mean, Porsches would just have done that. Yeah, they could have um, banked on a lot of but that. But here's the thing. When the when the Boxster came out, 914s were really undesirable. Good point. They yeah, were, they were. You could pick so one up So maybe it wouldn't have banked on that. Five bucks. You could have picked up a 914. Five bucks. Just They were so cheap. You yeah. could easily get a 914 for $800. Or something. And oh, just, yeah. That was a driver car that would drive around. True. Probably a rusty hellhole or with batteries stuff was all trashed or whatever. Yeah. But you could have gotten one. So, yeah, they probably they were going to bank on that. 914. All right. Uh, but, yeah, I would say that it's, it's, uh, 
the, uh, the spiritual that, predecessor. On. Revive the compact ME mid-engine rear drive. Okay. Um, yeah. Brought out to revive. I don't know that it revived that type of car. No, because the, the MR2. I was going to say the there. MR2 was there. The, the Fiero. Fiero. <laughs> there was other cars. The that old were there. Corvette C8. You and mean? Here's the thing: is like Boxsters are kind of becoming cool now. Not the old ones necessarily, but new Boxsters are actually good. They're good cars. And they drive well and handle well. They don't have the stigma that the old boxsters have. The old boxsters were neutered. I yeah, mean, they were. I had, <laughs> I raced a guy when I had my Rabbit with an ABA engine in it, right. which is an eight, yeah, valve, eight valve two liter engine with 105 horsepower. Yeah, and I had that swap or 115 horsepower. Okay, and that swapped into my Rabbit. I beat some dude in a boxster. <laughs> and yeah, I, they weren't powerful other cars. I mean, I beat a Saab 93 Arrow in that car. Well, it wasn't the Vigan. It was not the Vigan. Yeah. But a Vigan would have smoked a Boxster. I'm just saying, they were, yeah, back true. in the day, they were anemic, terrible cars. All right. Next question. Final question. How can we help people with their car searches in a way that we don't sound like crazy car friends? It's so hard to stop people from buying the black or white crossover and don't take your advice otherwise. So I have this problem with people. Here's the, the problem. The people that you're talking to are not car enthusiasts, so I'm sorry, but the black or white crossover probably is what they should be buying. Why? Because that's what they are going to want. It's probably true, but I think that a lot of people buy things because they think that's what they're supposed to buy. And I think what I usually try to encourage people to do is just, hey, drive more than one thing. Right, that's make, true. Make Experience sure things before most, you make decisions. For most daily driver people, there's a reason that the crossover, as much as we hate it, is popular exactly. because it is a great vehicle for the average person. Agreed. You know, it's just they just the thing is, I don't think people think it through that much. I don't no. think they look at the fuel economy. I don't think they actually look at the storage capability of them. Yeah, it's not very good. But all the things that they think a crossover is going to do well. They're told that it does. So then that's what they end up with. So they really need to get out. You just, hey, buddy, make sure you drive a few different things. Right. Go drive a wagon. Go drive a full-size SUV. Go drive a crossover. Yep. You know, experience things for yourself. You know, just read stuff on the internet and then go buy something, which I think people do quite often, is they just, they think they can just figure it out and then they just go Yeah, I think you're right. And then they rush into it. It's lightning out and I drove my motorcycle. You know what's funny you're going to have to do after this podcast? What? Jumpstart my car with your motorcycle. <laughs> In the rain. Huh. That uh, wasn't supposed to happen. I checked the forecast. Severe weather alert. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll be hanging out here for a while. Um, on that note, guys, we really appreciate you listening. Uh, leave us a five-star review if you could, and yes. we will see you guys. We're, we just got back from... <laughs> <laughs> the, M the NHRA drags yeah, so the Nitro. So we're going to be doing that episode on Friday. Yeah. And just so you know, we are recording this Friday the 15th. So that's why we're pretending it's Monday. Yeah, we're On Monday, we will have been to the National Hot Rod Association drag races up in Brainerd so International Race. It's going yeah. to be really, really, really good. I'm excited about it. Absolutely. On that note, take care. Take care, guys. We'll see you around.